As teachers, we are known for being a jack or Jill of all trades. But on this podcast, we will introduce you to a master of one. Our podcast interviews awesome educators who have done some awesome research. And makes practical links so that you can use evidence and research-based approaches today in your classroom. Hey Laura. Hey Tony, how are you? How's lockdown going? Good, yep, good. Still hanging out in my little home office. Um, probably here for another month or so, but that's cool. It's sort of becoming kind of, you know, part of the daily routine. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, same thing. Just enjoying the bubble. I've got the five month old asleep next to me, so hopefully you might hear some noises, but apart from that, hopefully we'll be un- uninterrupted. <laughs> You, you guys must be really busy at the moment, yeah? We are. We are chocker helping out schools with their distance learning and stuff. But it's put in like amazing amounts of work and have really challenged themselves, especially people who kind of didn't necessarily do digital a huge amount in their classrooms. Now had to pick up all these new tools. Mm. Hopefully that's not wasted learning that they've spent that time and they can now their lives will be easier when they get back into the classroom. Hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. And and speaking of teacher change and asking teachers to take on some different kinds of ways of thinking. Um, our guest today is Tamara Yule Proctor. I'm really excited for this one, the Please. high school context especially. Uh, so today we've got Tamara Yule Proctor and she is the head of social sciences faculty in Christchurch. Uh, she's taught in a range of schools across a range of subjects including English, social studies and history. Her passion for curriculum design and integrating technology into teaching and learning programs led her to complete a master's in in teaching from University of Otago in 2012, where the focus was on integrating technology and knowledge building pedagogy. So her love of learning, education and technology led her to be accepted as a Microsoft Innovator Educator, participating in research as part of a teaching and learning initiative focusing on knowledge building pedagogy. She is currently on the PPTA Middle Leadership Advisory Group and the PPTA Work Task Force Group. Last year, she was selected as a BOMA NZE Fellow and has been developing a series of micro-credentials in laboratory design, human-centered design. Currently, Tam is working on her doctorate, which focuses on curriculum integration at high school level. So welcome, Tamara. <laughs> busy, busy. Can you guys hear Ada's breathing? Do you want me to mute myself for... <laughs> I know. I you know what I mean. <laughs> Just like heavy breathing going on in the background. Um, okay, cool. So, Tamara, in 30 seconds, can you summarize your thesis? Go. Oh, that's pretty tough, but um, <laughs> I'll give it a go. Um, it's a case study looking at how one high school transitions from a traditional mode of instruction to one that's future focused and how teachers collaborate to deliver an integrated program at year nine and 10. So we've been integrating science, social studies and English. And this research is to just capture how high school makes the change uh, from that siloed approach to the integrated approach, um, looking at all the different stakeholders. So hopefully something useful for schools as just one way of making that change. Wow, I'm so excited to hear about this. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, I've um, I've been working on it for a couple of years, uh, being the, the you know doctorate in teaching and all sorts. Um, and but I've been lucky this year to get a study award, so I have just started uh, writing up my doctorate 
um, and putting together the findings. So this is, yeah, kind of fresh, fresh for me too. <laughs> It's so awesome. I'm trying to convince Tony she needs to do a doctorate, FYI, if you want to put the pressure on. Oh yeah, you should. You should. <laughs> the master's almost killed me, so I don't know. <laughs> cool. So um, obviously, especially doing a PhD, there's lots of really good information that you're going to come across. Um, but what are kind of the three key findings of your research so far? Okay, so I'm just unpacking my findings at the moment. Um, but some of the key things that I am noticing is that you can essentially divide um, a school up into systems and curriculum. And so breaking something down into its bare parts first before looking at how you go about changing things. Because one of the key things with curriculum integration is a timetable, which would come under systems. Um, and then with uh, curriculum, you've also got pedagogy. So that those are sort of the three key areas that I've been looking at. So the re this research has involved um, integrating science, social studies and English um, in a single cell classroom with three teachers, but only one teacher teaching at a time. So there's no co-teaching. Um, so it's all about the curriculum, the pedagogy and um, and what uh, teachers are doing. So that's one part of this research. Uh, so what, um, so some of the key findings are that uh, for teachers, a concept-based uh, curriculum is a, a straightforward way of, this, of looking at the big picture and then breaking, breaking down, using student inquiry and project-based learning and design thinking um, as that, that pedagogical approach towards it. Um, as far as uh, key findings when looking at, um, say, senior leadership, um, some of the things there is uh, that the senior leaders alongside with the Board of Trustees have spent the time uh, creating an education brief, which a number of schools are doing, especially with, with um, new buildings, um, but also uh, allowing a degree of autonomy for the teachers, not just teachers with management units, but teachers in general to try new things out and being flexible um, and trying to facilitate that. Um, so the, the school involved in this research has spent a lot of time uh, with uh, PLD for its teachers as well as examining its systems, changing timetable, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, so communication, really, really important time. So uh, the uh, coordinator, of the integrated program, which was also myself, um, I, I was given time rather than say a unit in order to, um, to, to manage that, uh, which was really brilliant. So I lost a, a, a year 12 class um, whilst I worked around supporting the teachers involved. Um, so this research focuses on three teachers. Um, however, there are as today, nine teachers involved with three different classes. Amazing. And just on the side, did you feel like there was much resistance? Was this a project that kind of came out of what was already starting to bubble or was it something that you kind of had and then you're like, hey guys, <laughs> do you want to get on board? I would say it's a bit of both. The, the, uh, the school had been um, trialling different uh, systems uh, or different curriculum integration. So we'd had some English and Tano in the past um, and they've also um, used integration in various other departments. Um, so the school was really open open to it. I went to them with 
what I was hoping to do from my doctorate. Because, uh, you know, I could see all the investment in buildings um, that was going on and the frustration as teachers uh, around, well, how do we do this? Just, mm. just how? Um, so, uh, so, yes, I did put a proposal for them. And then as far as the teacher involvement, I spoke to the, um, uh, so I, I'm the head of social sciences, uh, and I spoke to the head of English and the head of science um, and just said, would you be interested? And they were super excited. So, uh, so it was a, yeah, one of those conversations rather than trying to push people in a direction they didn't want to go. Mm was about uh, gathering people that were interested on this journey. Uh, well, the, the thing that really stuck with me is I'd never actually considered timetabling as kind of a restriction because I come from a primary school background, but that must be a major, really practical consideration at that high school level. Yeah, it is because background. you've got um, teachers and depending on whether they're full-time, part-time or in between. Uh, and then if you teach, you know, you've got your NCA subjects and your junior subjects and um, and just how the, the day is structured. Uh, so uh, with this school, there was a move uh, in our senior end, we were already teaching two hour periods for our seniors, but our juniors were sort of one hour. Um, and the, in 2019, we moved to two hours for seniors, uh, for juniors for some of their classes. And that had a huge impact because when you're doing inqui student inquiry and project-based learning and design thinking. Mm -hmm. Moving to two hours for our juniors was really helpful for those of us teaching in the, I, I call it the connected classes, um, because with project-based learning and student inquiry learning and design thinking, it takes time for students mm -hmm. to get into it um, and, and to really um, sort of soak up that learning trying to use a design thinking model to kind of expand inquiry. So it's really exciting to hear that it could, you know, if we're teaching the foundation skills at primary level, once they get to you guys, they're just going to be ready to roll, you know, and they'll be familiar with the process. Yeah. And that's one of the things I really appreciated uh, with um, the students that this was an opt-in class for students. So uh, we asked, uh, I was hoping to get 20 students wanting to opt in for one class um, and we ended up with over 60 kids out of 125 wanting to opt in which led us to two um, but one of the things when surveying talking to the students uh, about a number of the things that we use in those classes is that they had done it at primary school mm. um, which I thought was really interesting and that's what we're finding too with like computer science. If, if kids haven't had an introduction to computer science, they won't choose it as a subject. Yeah, um, yeah. How did it impact on your practice job or classroom at the time? So you were saying before that you um, were head of social sciences and you, you, I'm guessing you were part, you were one of those three teachers, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> so what were you finding when you did that and you were actually implementing this new um, new initiative what were you finding was happening okay so for this um, research because it's uh, participatory action research the class or the three teachers that i used couldn't be myself just due to that power relationship within that methodology um, however i am uh, the coordinator of those classes so you know i can uh, feed, feed on those things um, but 
I guess one of the things that I've uh, noticed as far as its application within the classroom and, and the teacher's experiences uh, with it um, is the uh, for the teachers, it was that willingness to share their experiences, building a really strong community of practice uh, for for those three teachers. Um, and we had um, one face-to-face -face meeting a week, as well as our online planning. Um, and so there was a lot of communication amongst the teachers around the students and around the learning areas and around the projects that were taking place, and a lot of feedback from the students as well. So we were a lot of um, surveying and asking them and, um, and, and helping them design the course as well. So it kind of took, we always hear about student agency and all of those things, but it, it, it took on another level, I think, um, for, the, for, for the teachers. Um, and just looking at some of the comments from the, the teachers on, on the impact it's had for them, um, and I've had things such as it's helped me to further understand how I evaluate students' progress throughout their um, projects. So looking at that evaluation of student learning over time rather than that ended topic test, which, you know, <laughs> moving away from. Um, and also the development of understanding that the teachers had of different subject areas uh, and, and how they, how those um, curriculum areas and subject matter connect with their own. Uh, so the, the impact has been on teacher practice, I would say, and things that they've applied within the connected classes, they've taken into their other classes as well, um, which has been quite interesting. Like that's, that's what we want, isn't it? It's like an impact on teacher practice and how can we give kids more of a voice? Yeah, so the, um, the connected classes have used the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as, as the overarching concept and then between the students and the teachers have worked out which ones they want to focus on and at the start of the year it was tight teacher guided inquiry as the year nines got used to you know what how it was working until we hit the end of last year when students could pick whatever SDG they were interested in and we worked with social action so they had to find a way to educate um, or promote the SDG goal of their, um, of their choosing. Um, and yeah, so framing the, the course around something that is such a real world, and I know it's been done in primary schools and in other high schools, just had that buy-in as well from the students. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So obviously any part of research, you're doing a lot of reading. Um, so kind of what are the two pieces of literature that you would point people to if they were just getting going on this topic or they wanted to know more? Yeah, well, I hope it's okay. I came up with three. <laughs> the reason uh, being was I was trying to think of literature that would be useful and easily accessible as a starting point. Uh, so the first uh, one I put up there was just the OECD and their publications in relation to education. So looking at what skills and, and what we're trying to build for our students in order to function um, uh, as adults um, in our ever-changing world, that's a really good place to start with and it's a great layer for our New Zealand curriculum. The, um, the second uh, reference there is just by um, Lynn Erickson, which is to do with concept-based concept curriculum. Uh, so if, if you're not familiar with concept-based curriculum and instruction, it's a really good starting point 
um, uh, for, for teachers and again, very accessible. But the, the third reference uh, is quite exciting. So it's New Zealand um, by Sue McDowell and Rosemary Hipkins. They did some research over the last two years on curriculum integration and what's happening in New Zealand schools. And that's just been recently published through the NZCER. And so that, that gives a good overview. Good. But there's um, some really good stuff on the ministry, you know, that's been put out by the ministry that's um, on TKI. Um, you know, as, as for a new, that New Zealand context, which I think is mm -hmm. so important. Um, yeah. I'll put a lovely link in a document that we're working with a lot in, in our roles as the, the local curriculum design, but around the technology stuff. That's yeah. quite read and it's amazing. Like, I love it. I think it's been, it really solidifies all of the stuff that um, the early adopters have been saying for years <laughs> for me. And I'm like, amazing to see that it's actually becoming, um, you know, there at a ministerial level. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. It, it is, it's quite exciting actually to see what is coming out. Awesome. So how, if you're going to give some advice, how would a teacher, leader, principal in the classroom today implement your findings? What would they take from your findings and, and think about? Okay, so one of the things that has been really important and valuable uh, to the teachers involved in this is the face-to-face -face, uh, planning meetings that we have each week. Um, and to try and have those timetabled in so that um, the, if possible, non-contact time can allow uh, those meetings to happen. Uh, so at one point last year they, they well last year they had to be after school and it was quite tiring and yeah, just harder where this year talking to the timetabler and seeing if we could just try and get some alignment there um, happened and so those meetings are now uh, sort of in the middle mid-morning and go so much yeah just just a lot easier um, so those face-to-face -face meetings are crucial that's where we have a uh, collaborative planning sequence document unit planning and teachers uh, work within that um, so that that's one key thing um, I would say for for teachers being involved in working with other teachers um, it's that uh, high trust high relational trust and uh, being sort of almost vulnerable if you think of Brené Brown's you know daring to lead through vulnerability that willingness to go I don't know if this is working I, I feel like this this is just turning to custard uh, which project-based learning can feel like sometimes um, being able to share that and and hear and, and get that support from other teachers but also to problem solve as you go through as well as sharing the um, challenges um, for, for the principals um, it's I think it's that willingness to try and make it work for those teachers and what they're wanting to do. So the connected classes, these integrated classes, um, connect through to the education brief that the senior leadership team in the school and the board have put together. And then instead of just having that document sitting there as in this is our aspiration, it's going, okay, so what do you need? Um, and and having having that those conversations and being willing to change things, um, but based on good good evidence, good discussion. Um, when we changed our timetable, it was a whole school um, thing that took sort of a year um, to process through before we even implement it. Um, transparency, 
flexibility, those sorts of sorts of things. Um, as a as a middle leader, I think it's not um, it's it's it flexibility. It's not being set in stone. It's knowing that you don't have all the answers. And whilst I know I've got a good knowledge base on curriculum integration, you know the teachers' experience and the challenges that they are facing. Um, and what they need is paramount. And um, so providing professional development around that um, and, and being willing to change things up uh, because it's not going to work that way for whatever reason. Mm. Um, and having a good clear idea on what the systems are, what the curriculum is and what the pedagogy is that's, that's weaving all of that together. And I think any change is messy, you know, and it's, it's a horrible word to probably use messy, but it's uncomfortable and it's messy and it's that's why it's easier to not change right and I think um it's if you've got that senior leadership support and you've got that fundamental support from your board and your community that just takes away a whole barrier right that that would normally be there if you were trying to make change without having that on board yes yeah and when we um ask students to select into this uh course um we, um, the, the only requirement was they had a willingness to learn. It wasn't about creaming off the bright, you know, or I hate to say bright kids, but it wasn't about creaming off the, the really um, able, able students at the very top. It was about having any student that really had a willingness to learn and was, you know, happy to, to try and work with others um, and be pushed slightly outside of their comfort zone. And so they, these are really mixed ability classes. Um, with a with a range of learning needs that are are within them, um, so I mean this school's a uh, you know it's in Christchurch it's a co-ed school, um, and uh, uh, I was going to say Desile Seven but I think it's you know middle middle of yeah. the road, um, so it's not yeah it's and it's it's all about the learning not about how big the classroom is or how many students are in there. Um, so it's about the learning and the, the planning um, that goes goes into it. Um, so yeah. What a dream, what an absolute dream. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that um, it continues. Like do you see it continuing out after you're like out bigger than your project? Yeah, I think um, it's all about, uh, you know, evolution. Um, and so we had two, two classes Last year, we've got one class this, uh, we got one at year nine this year and two at year 10. We have our students for two years uh, when we teach them. Um, and so it's about building teacher capability too. It's not about pushing people that, you know, don't, don't want to do it. And so there's that, a bit of tension there between wanting to, to, to get bigger, uh, but also making sure that the capabilities of staff are, are taken into account. I mean, what's interesting that's come out of this is teachers are going, oh, I really wish I had another teacher in the classroom with me. So, um, you know, so we've sort of naturally gone from, okay, one person in front to now we're looking at um, the possibility of, okay, what would it look like if we had two of us in the classroom and sort of twice the number of students and, and could we make that work? Um, so that's, yeah, so I, I guess that would be one of the, the key learnings from this is, is that it's, that learning is an evolution mm. and, how, and how we do that. And there is not one way. Um, and what's worked for this school, um, you know, it's about taking what would work 
for another school that's there uh that, that that's part of their culture rather than mm. yeah uh, it's been a really amazing process and i've been so grateful to the teachers that have come on board like they've, they've had to you know really have to to think maybe a bit differently to what they used to and teach maybe content or um you know project-based learning that that's really tiring um you know as far as getting to grips with a new way of maybe delivering a program um and like you, you mentioned earlier when you have the, the tensions of normal day-to-day -day teaching come back on it's quite easy to want to slip back to to what we what we know mm. yeah. i was just wondering kind of how it fits in with NCEA um okay. and whether you've come up against any kind of barriers with that or issues okay so we've been we started this with a year nine and they're in year 10. And so we're now looking at what we could do at year 11. Um, I really think that NCA is incredibly flexible um, and that there is a plenty of scope for uh, integration of different subjects uh, and different uh, achievement standards. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely have worked in the past with other subject areas um, when I, I was teaching English. Um, I worked with a science teacher, and we, you know, delivered um, some work that for students. Um, but it, again, it comes down to how do we organise timetables, and how do we how do we change various systems and structures in order to be able to facilitate the delivery of that curriculum, and and what pedagogical tools will we do use to do that. Um, so yeah so we are having those discussions about what that could look like for our school at um, NCA especially as these students have had two years of this and have have the critical thinking skills that they have developed and their ability to self-reflect on their own learning we've had uh, at the end of each key learning um, section they've had to think about or well, how do I learn what you know why do I learn that way how could I improve um, what do I need to focus on? Those those sort of key transferable 21st century skills mm. um, that we want them to have. So uh, yeah, so I, I could see it working at NCA. Um, but I don't know what that looks like at the moment. Cool. So um, what's going on for you at the moment? So kind of personally, professionally, what are you working on? Um, so a lot of my time is writing up the findings now for this um, and I want to try and get it, um, ideally I'm aiming to try and get it finished by the end of the year uh, and I really want it to uh, be useful for teachers um, so I'm trying to also create some resources alongside it that teachers can, can use um, rather than having to read a whole doctorate. <laughs> Um, so I, yes, I'm grateful to the Teach NZ Study Award that's helped me with, with that. Um, I've also been working on um, a series of micro-credentials based on laboratory design uh, thinking. So that's about putting equity into the design process. Um, I was a Bowman New Zealand e-fellow last year and got to go to the States and go to High Tech High and Google and, and all sorts of amazing places. Um, including a workshop at Stanford for uh, laboratory design thinking, and um, and and I'm yeah, so I'm working just plugging away on some micro credentials there. Thank um, you so much, Tamara, for joining us today. We've loved having you on. Oh, thank you very much. It's been great to be able to share 
uh, share what I'm working on at the moment. And I so appreciate um, what you guys are doing. Thanks, Tamara. Master of Life.